Chiahuiv. That's Irish for hello everyone or God be with you everyone. Welcome to Catholic Family Stories. Hi, I'm Maureen. And I'm Cecilia. We pray for you and your loved ones during this time of trial. May it become a time of great faith and strength for you and your family and our world. We hope this next story brightens your day with the joy of the Irish, with the company of St. Patrick and the sweet blessing of the promise of Easter. This is normally a busy month for us with Emerald Wind Music and the children performing in many venues throughout the area. Now that we have needed to take a step back, we are spending our newfound time with further prayer, music, and family time. Hopefully, God will grace us with new inspirations and songs to share with you at a later date. Hey, Cecilia, would you like to hear one of your father's jokes? Sure! My morning, when God created this fine world, he had to decide what to do with gravity. Knowing the angels loved flying about, he gave it to them for a vote. What did they vote, Mommy? Ah, my morning. As you know, they voted it down. <laughs> well, remember what Chesterton says? Angels fly because they take themselves lightly. Happy St. Patrick's Day and have a blessed Easter. And now for our story. The Lottery of the Salt by Joseph Scordato. It was the end of a long work day. Exhausted and weighed upon by the financial worries of any laborer, I stepped out of the office to make my way home. It was then that I saw his glorious red hair radiating like a hazard beacon through the dingy street dust of the downtown metro area. How long had he been walking up and down the thoroughfare? Perhaps he lived somewhere under a nearby bridge. No, he carried himself differently. As he neared, I could also see that his countenance was not weathered and appeared quite young despite his overall aged and tattered appearance. There were a few deep wrinkles on his face, but those were the lines one gets from smiling too much. This was likely the case since his eyes had that sort of mischievous sparkle that invited both friendship and concern. He must either be a con man or have some disability, I thought to myself. My eyes dodged his gaze as he walked toward me with happy recognition, as if I were an old friend. He strategically intercepted the path to my car. He surely was experienced in getting the attention of would-be ignorers. I resolved to remain cool and casual, 
perhaps returning a cordial smile as I walked past. He spoke with a faint Irish brogue that evoked subtle thoughts of good fortune and shiny gold coins dancing in a prismatic splendor. Aye, me laddie, would you care for a lottery ticket? He inquired daringly. His words snapped me from my momentary daydream. I responded while slowing my gait only slightly. Mm, no, no thank you, I, I don't play the lottery, it's... It's like throwing money away. His smile grew large, and he swung about in a unique pivoting movement. Before I knew it, he was walking by my side and thrusting a red and white computerized lottery ticket in front of me. Now don't be troubling your mind about that. This ticket is for you. I'm not selling it, so I'm giving it to you. No charge. I smiled somewhat nervously. No charge? Why would you want to give it to me? Ah, now that's the thing of it, the stranger gently said. All I can say is, it's yours. Though I half expected to be clobbered over the head or pickpocketed, my curiosity took the better of me, and I glanced down at the ticket now held in my hand. Why, this ticket expired years ago, I protested. Keep it all the same. It's yours with me compliments. He said with a slight bow. I must have felt a bit of pity for the man, and frankly relished the light humor of it. I played along and thanked him, and went about my way home. Later that week, I was surprised to find a letter in my post addressed to me from the Lottery Commission. No return address. The envelope contained a cashier's check for $100,000. I instantly thought of the red-haired smiling stranger and my expired lottery ticket. Was he some sort of eccentric millionaire who liked to be odd with his charity? Was this part of some grand con? I did not know. Hmm, how did he get my address? I had to see him again and find out what this game was about. The next day I walked up and down the street looking for the smiling enigma until at last I found him crossing a walkway. I confronted the man. Hey, do you remember me? You gave me that lottery ticket a week ago. I received a check in the mail. Who are you? I did not know whether to thank him or call the police. Upon my words, the Celt's face brightened with joy. Oh, good on you, laddie. You've won. Would that mean you'd be wanting another ticket? Well, um, sure. But what is this all about? Who are you? I blurted. With a wink, he handed me another ticket and tapped me on the shoulder in a manner of grand familiarity. I looked at the ticket. It was identical to the ticket from last week. Same numbers and expired. I looked up to launch a repeat assailment of questions, but he was gone. A few days later, I received a letter from the Lottery Commission with a cashier's check. 
for $100,000. The next day, the office water cooler conversation was about a crazy homeless guy trying to give away old lottery tickets in the area. One co-worker proudly described how he avoided the whole encounter by brushing right by the man without stopping. Others described how they had been given tickets, but had shook their head and returned it to the derelict and bought real lottery tickets at the gas station down the street. Some were more polite than others. Uh, well, not really. I wanted to say something, but I did not. At the close of the workday, I sprinted down the street to find the gentleman. I once again found him at the crosswalk and shouted, Hey, what's your name? Don't go this time. What's this all about? As soon as he heard my voice, he turned and ran toward me with excitement, his arms outstretched as if to greet family. Oi, tis grand boy. Would you like this week's ticket? I can give you extras. He said even more mischievous than ever. Of course, I responded, a bit shocked at how I let myself be taken in so completely. Certainly. And he handed me a pack of twelve tickets. I examined them. They were each duplicates from the previous week. Here's the catch, though. He grinned as if relaying a beautifully innocent and simple childhood punchline. You must only keep one for yourself. Tell all the winners. Give them away, but they must be free. While momentarily lost to the contemplation of the incident, the lottery man had disappeared again. I soon found how difficult it was to give away old lottery tickets. The process of attempting to give them to family renewed all sorts of conflicts, usually resulting in dramatic discussions on the topics of politics, religion, as well as the resurfacing of uncomplimentary childhood names regarding my head size and its thickness. Passing tickets on to friends proved equally as daunting. In most of these cases, I'm afraid I may have misjudged some acquaintances. They avoid me now. I recall my initial amazement upon the discovery of how suspicious and disbelieving people can be. Credibility is difficult to build, but so easy to lose. I did eventually find a few friends that would accept a ticket, but mostly I had to search out vagrants who readily accepted them. In one week's time, this initial group of the twelve of us, each winners, bonded fairly well. Each week we sought out our mysterious Irishman. Each week he provided as many lottery tickets as we wanted. Eventually our group of winners grew to be large. We found that those most in need seemed to be more willing to accept a ticket. We became so wealthy most of us began giving away our winnings, just like our lottery tickets. For the first time, we caught a glimpse of a world where financial burden could be replaced by gratitude, goodwill, and charity. It was on a particularly beautiful spring day, laden with hope 
and new life that I heard the stiff, brash words. Sir, I'm with the Internal Revenue Service. We explained that we did not know how the money kept coming in or from where many of us were arrested. It was there when 10 police squad cars caught our ticket benefactor at the crosswalk. He did not run and was quite agreeable to them, handing them each a lottery ticket as they pushed him around and stuffed him into a police car. Someone shouted and pointed to me, Look, he is one of them. He was with them. In my cowardice, I flatly refused that I knew him. I ashamedly escaped being arrested. The papers the next day quite mistakenly reported that a huge counterfeit ring had been rounded up. The State Lottery Commission launched the largest criminal suit in the history of our country. There were testimonies that I knew were false. One witness stated that he heard my red-haired brother state that he would eventually tear down the entire economic system of the world and replace it with a new order. He was eventually branded a terrorist and sentenced to death as an enemy of the state. It was then that I realized who the real counterfeiters were. Sometime after his death, I met a street man who handed me a free lottery ticket. I looked deep into his eyes and then down at the ticket. It had expired years ago. The numbers were familiar. The man's eyes were full of wisdom and unrelenting forgiveness. I told him I would take 144,000. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps, and they sing a new song before the throne, and before the four living creatures, and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. Let us pray. Dearest Father, you surprise our world. We would like it to be comfortable and formed around us. Yet you rush in to save us, challenging us to accept a greater reality, a bold life of freedom where suffering has meaning and giving of ourselves yields a greater return 
over our own plans. You are sweet, infinitely beautiful, complete good. Come take us now, enrapture our hearts in complete abandonment to this adventure and the mission you have for us each. May we be true salt for this world, flavoring it with the saving and abiding presence of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant us these graces, Lord, to proclaim the very good news of the gospel and live it ourselves. Amen. From our family to yours, may God bless you richly with the company of the saints who first brought the gospel to you and your people. Our meditation music is Patrick's Dream, written and performed by Emerald Wind.